Today, Mitzvah Shem, we're going to share a parable relating to Mashiach. Once, there was a king whose palace had been ransacked by wild hordes. For the wood and stone of the palace, he had no tears. But for the crown jewels, passed down for many generations, for these there was no consolation. The king gathered his wise men, but none could give counsel. The jewels had been scattered by those barbarian hordes throughout the land and throughout many other lands, the most precious of them taken across the seas to the farthest reaches of the globe. But the king had a daughter very very dear to him, and in her wisdom she saw what needed to be done. So the king and his daughter trained many pigeons to return to the palace, to recognize the crown jewels and carry them back on their journey. Each day they would release the pigeons in the pastures about the palace, and some would discover the jewels scattered about and return them to their home. And the king was glad and smiled to his daughter. Then the king's daughter sent them further away, and again they returned carrying a few more of the jewels her father had lost. As far away as they were sent, they hastily returned. But the most valuable jewels, those in the most distant lands and most hidden places, those jewels had not been recovered. Pigeons did not venture far enough to find them. They were too eager to return home. The king's daughter knew what must be done, but she could not tell her father, for it was too hard, too dangerous, too awful. But he looked in her eyes and he knew. And so he destroyed his palace once again, raising it to the ground, removing its every trace. When the pigeons attempted to return, they found nothing, no more than an empty pasture, scattered stones and smoldering wood. They were hungry for their food and sick for their home. Until the most adventurous of the pigeons traveled far abroad and found other palaces. And in those palaces they found hidden the king's most precious jewels and gathered them and polished them and kept them in their wings. And at night they cried for they knew that this was not their home. And now has come the time for them all to return. I can't explain to you everything meant by this story. If I could, what would I need a story for? I would just explain it to you without a story. But I can tell you some of the teachings that form its basis. For one, you need to know what the great Kabbalist, the Rabbi Isaac Luria, known as the Ariyah Kodesh, the Holy Lion, taught about our world. He taught that there's not a thing in this world that does not contain, he needs to say, holy spark, even the greatest evil, the harshest darkness, that does everything he can to oppose its creator and deny any purpose or goodness in the world, even that contains a divine spark. And it needs that spark because without it, it would not be able to exist for even a moment. Why then is it evil? Because the spark it contains is so dim, so concealed, that its only way of expression is to be the opposite of what it truly is. So you might think that if that spark is so dim... Couldn't be a very important spark. Maybe Hashem could do without it. But the Magad of taught the opposite. That it's the highest sparks that fall furthest from their source. So in places that are warm and friendly to holiness, there's going to be some warm and friendly sparks. But if you want the most powerful sparks, the sparks that talk about the real essence of God, then you need to deal with the palaces that are farthest from their source. As long as all these sparks are held hostage in, these, in things and places that don't know the real meaning of what they hold inside, the world is not fulfilled. And this is how the Ari describes Torah and Jews. They are the way those sparks become reconnected to their source. 
There's something else I would like to say about the story. The rest I'll leave to you. In our history, the pattern of destruction and exile has repeated itself many times. We began in exile in, in Egypt. There was the destruction of the first temple and exile to Babylonia. The second destruction, a very long gullus, which we're still in. There is no other nation that has been spread so far apart yet retained its identity as a single whole, always with hope to return. And that was all part of Hashem's plan to retrieve all the sparks of Kedusha, which is what we did because wherever we go, we use the materials, the food, the music, the customs of that place and the Torah way. But as far as I am concerned, the greatest destruction and the greatest exile began 70 years ago. Because until then, if a Jewish person was looking for a teacher and a guide to find his or her path to God, or just looking for some spirituality in life, there were tzaddikim just around the corner. And everyone knew that that was so. But when the communities of Europe were suddenly and brutally destroyed, along with all but a handful of the great tzaddikim, that is when the greatest darkness began. That is when this bizarre detour began. That if a Jewish soul wants to find meaning, she goes to drink from the wells of others. Jews shall never be satisfied from those wells since they are not her own, but a soul that lived for 3,300 years, basking in a spirituality, simply cannot bear the dry, parched land. And unfathomable as that may be, that had a purpose as well. But now has t- come the time for us all to return home. Thank you, Rabbi Tzvi Freeman, for this incredible teaching.